Welcome to the Art and Science of Joy podcast. This podcast is all about inspiring people to live more joyfully. So if you're seeking a bit more joy in your own life or seeking to bring some more joy to the lives of others, then this podcast could well be for you. I'm Andrew Cannon, and it's my pleasure to be your host. And in this episode, I'm excited to be talking with Linda Cohen about having a positive impact on others as a pathway to joy. Linda, also known as the Kindness Catalyst, is a professional speaker and consultant. For nearly two decades, Linda has worked with organizations and associations on the ROI of kindness. Her first book, 1000 Mitzvahs, How Small Acts of Kindness Can Heal, Inspire and Change Your Life, was published in 2011. Her second book, The Economy of Kindness, How Kindness Transforms Your Bottom Line, was published in 2021. An active member of the National Speakers Association, Linda was president for the Oregon chapter in 2018. Linda is a devoted, oh, great tea drinker. And as a Brit, I can appreciate that. Um, I think I also have a couple of old gray here. So cheers. Originally from New England, she lives in Portland, Oregon with her husband for 30 years. They've raised two young adults and three Cavalier King Charles Spaniels. Welcome to the show, Linda. Thank you so much, Andrew. And I have to say, your accent makes everything sound even more professional. I love it. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Thank you very much. My accent changes a fair little bit, but maybe this is my radio British accent coming yes. on today. It's good. It's perfect. Good. Perfect. Perfect. Anyway, Linda, we know each other. Um, I want to say fairly well, but we're getting to know each other more and more. So it's a pleasure to have you on the show. And I'd like to start off with you sharing with our listeners about your own journey with joy and maybe parts of it without joy even and and how that's been in your life, that little word um, so far. Thank you so much, Andrew. And it is really amazing to be back with you again, getting a chance to talk more. Um, I think that as a child, I look back at pictures, you know, if we do um, – pictures of me in third grade or whatever, I was wearing like a be happy shirt in my third grade little school pictures. So I think when I look at myself as a young girl, I had joy in my heart, in my face. However, I wasn't really growing up in a childhood that was particularly joyful. My parents got divorced when I was fairly young, both got remarried. I ended up switching custody in the middle of my teenage years. So it was kind of a rocky teenage, you know, existence. And then I lived with my dad and my stepmother, who I joke were family therapists. And that's not always easy to, to be raised by family therapists um, as a teenager. But I did grow up in Vermont, my teenage year, seventh grade through when I graduated in Vermont, which in the United States is a really beautiful state, very um, kind of a grounding place. We, you know, raised chickens and had our own maple syrup that we were tapping from the trees. So all these really like earth present um, kind of experiences, but I couldn't wait to leave Vermont. I will be completely honest. You know, it was kind of a slow place to be a teenager. And I fled as soon as I graduated high school. And also it was partly because of the relationship that I had with my dad and stepmom was a little tumultuous. Um, but fast forward, part of my continued joy experiences, raising my own two children, moving to the West Coast with my husband, living in Portland, Oregon, a, a state that has a kind of a similar vibe to Vermont. 
Um, and when my dad got sick and I knew he was um, dying, um, I was 38, he was 70, but we were still stuck. Like, like we were, I was a teenager and mm-hmm. we had some amazing healing the last eight months of my dad's life. And I think that propelled me to, um, to the next journey in my life, which be, which was to take on a project, to do acts of kindness in his memory, to record a TED talk, to have a blog, to write a couple of books and to really lean into this idea that kindness makes a difference. So I don't underestimate the power of anything that happened. It's all part of the journey. But I do think you can pull on different strings and say, who mm. were you? you know, who were you at the beginning of your life? And who are you as you continue? And can you shift even as you move through a life of, of good things and hard things? And being aware of those things to begin with, I think is probably the first step, right? Many of us go through, at least I know I did until I got to a ripe old age with no awareness whatsoever of how all of these little things that happened on our journey, especially as children, leaves these scars that we bury. 100%. Yeah. When I raised my children, I was um I was re- healing my own trauma. I knew that I was consciously doing that. And I remember when my kids were the age that I got moved in custody, I thought, oh, my gosh, no wonder this was so traumatic. I mean, moving in sixth grade to a new environment, new school, new kids, totally different kind of life. Mm-hmm. Wow, that would be really, really hard. And I knew it was at the time, but I think I reparented myself a little bit. And that was a yeah. joy of being able to raise my own kids and and, and help myself a little bit, too. Excellent. I'm so glad to hear that. And we're going to talk a lot about kindness before we dive into that special superpower. Let's just talk on a broad level on the power of positive impact on on other people. I know, you know, from our own research into this topic, you know, you at a more basic level, obviously you have to have this positive impact on yourself. You have to love yourself. You have to be in a in a good space. And we also know you have to have a good sense of community, of belonging. But once you get past that, really, that, that next level of joy comes from this service, um, this helping of others, this positive impact. And I, and I loved, um, I don't know if you know Richard Louis, he's a journalist and an author, and he wrote a book on um, selflessness. And I remember when I talked to him on this podcast quite a while ago, he, he said the quote that being selfless is the most selfish thing you can do in your lives because it has such positive impacts on you as well as on the, the people you're being um, positive to that you're being selfless with. So, but there's lots of benefits. And, and do you agree? And if you do, you know, what do you see as the key benefits of being of service to others? Oh, 100%. And I will say, like, for me, there was a lot of years that I probably wasn't as actively, intentionally in service of others, my 20s, maybe, and maybe even my early 30s. Um, even though, like, in high school, I think I was involved in things that were um, that were actually in service to other people, part of the youth group, I was part of in a camp, but took some time off. And then I remember when I got into this work on kindness, it was exactly what I discovered is that when I was in service to other people, whether that was volunteering in the school or the classroom with my children, or just looking for ways I could volunteer in some other way, I began to discover that 
I don't want to tell people, but you know, it fed my soul. I kind of mm. felt like I had discovered this secret, which was like, wow, when we give to others, we get just as much back or maybe more. You know, we learn skills, we meet new people, we feel more confident perhaps. And I was a full-time stay-at-home mom when I discovered this. So I remember feeling like that was what gave me some purpose when maybe I was flailing. I didn't have the job title or whatever to give me some purpose. And I really discovered how amazing it was to, to be in maybe a volunteer capacity. Um, and it's definitely something I've leaned into over the last 20 years, uh, that power. Yeah, it is an amazing power to do that. But what about this thing then, this concept of, you know, if you are struggling with your own sort of self-love, how do you balance this sort of, you know, having a positive impact on the others by also remembering yourself to look after yourself? You know, I mean, I know there's a lot of people there who are maybe pleasers could be a definition or you know over over pleasers of trying too much to please others I mean, I would say find the thing that gives you um, joy, but find the thing that gives you a sense of accomplishment. For me, volunteering in my children's school as a full-time stay-at-home mom in those days really did give me a sense of purpose. I felt valuable. I felt like the things that I were was doing had sort of a ripple effect. I really enjoyed what I was doing, and it definitely gave me some purpose in those years. Um, and if you find something that you want to step into and it isn't feeding you, you don't have to do it. I mean, certainly if you're a volunteer, you have that choice. So I loved that epiphany of discovery that, you know, this this opportunity really fits me. Um, I volunteered a lot. Uh, I remember volunteering in Dress for Success. It's an organization that collects clothing for mm-hmm. uh, maybe who are trying to go back into the workplace and maybe don't have clothing. And I was drooling over the clothes that were getting donated to this organization. Now, I was helping people choose clothes who were coming through as clients so they could go out and wear these beautiful clothes in job interviews and, mm-hmm. and But it just felt, you know, I had a sense of purpose. I was helping organize, helping people find things. And it just, it made sense to me, even though at the time I was probably wearing something that had spit up on it because I had a little kid at the time it was home, you know, in the early days of my mother, of my rearing, child rearing. So, you know, find what has value to you and what gives you value. And I've thought about that, um, that experience a lot. I'm no longer volunteering there on a regular Mm -hmm. basis. That was a really great opportunity for me in those years um, to, to help other women. So. So that's what I would say in terms of finding what gives you value and uh, and staying with it. No, I love that that concept of finding something that's important to you, right? So it is definitely uh, becomes a win-win then that you're actually, you know, if you're passionate about a sport or whatever, you know, you can get into coaching. Um, you can volunteer at the local club to help with fundraising or whatever, totally. you know, but you can, there's many ways, but you can also walk away, right? right. And either right. because it's could be your passion but it's the wrong organization you know some right, of these organizations right. can be quite toxic in right. terms of having power struggles and politics and whatever 100%. so you know don't be afraid oh. to walk away exactly exactly i remember um and i'm having deja vu i sort of feel like maybe we talked about this previously but i remember that i took on a role at my synagogue to write letters to people who had lost loved ones it was sort of the Mm. i can't remember what it was called i know it has a name but i was the one to write a letter to someone saying i'm so sorry you've had this loss and this was after my father had died and i felt like it was 
um, it was a struggle. I did it for, you know, mm-hmm. three months, four months. And then just, I just didn't, I was not getting joy from it. And I, you know, kindly told the person who I said I would do it with, I'm sorry, but this isn't the right opportunity for me. And I feel like you have to be able to say, this doesn't fit me. This doesn't suit me. This isn't the right fit for me right now. And find another way that you can give and be in service and and not be afraid of that. And, uh, you know, even I, I've served on boards. And at some point after five or six years, uh, it was a summer camp. My kids were part yeah. of it. And it gave me tremendous yeah. joy to be part of that. And after six years, I said, you know what? I'm helping you bring new people on because my time is up, you know? And so yeah. that's the thing too, is sort of knowing when you've had your experience and uh, and being in it for the right time and then being ready to say goodbye and let somebody else have that opportunity, you know, because somebody else can now yeah. have that. Maybe helping cultivate who comes in next. I mean, that's also a way you right. can do it. So I know it takes bravery. We covered bravery recently in the, in the year of joy. Um, so if you haven't checked that out, please go and check out the week of bravery because there's some great tips in it. So I was, by what you're saying, I was just tempted to think about, and I'm also going to tie this back to curiosity, mm. right? So although we've just said, you know, find something you're passionate about, something you know, what about if you actually do the opposite and think, spend a moment thinking about what are you curious about that perhaps you don't know anything about at the moment, um, but you could be interested in, in the future? Check out from Google, where are the local organizations that are doing that thing? Like astronomy, like nothing about astronomy, but let's say I'm looking at the moon today thinking how beautiful it was. Maybe I want to go and volunteer at the local astronomy club and why not just give it a call? Because nobody knows me from Harry, right? right. So I've got nothing to lose. I can right. go along there and if I don't like the, the coffee, I can walk away, right? So there's no risk. That's awesome. And I think, yeah, finding what what, what lights you up, what gives you joy. And Mm. you're like, oh, wow, I haven't even thought about that. You know, maybe I want to investigate that. And I I think when we find our paths, we typically stay with volunteer opportunities that feel familiar or wherever we are. But Mm. you're reminding me that I have not been actively making art many, many years. I was raising children and then I, you know, started my own professional work. And so I hadn't really made art. And I remembered as a girl I loved making art and so recent days I mean I'm not volunteering but I'm signing myself to to, to do something that just gives me joy because right. there's a love in the world that's that's hard and it's like if I can be more joyful in the world I think that I'll serve other people better by being able to step into some of these things so I think some of it is that as well as you know finding your path maybe it isn't volunteering maybe it's signing up for the convention that's in town and making some kind of art you've never made which is what I did right. in my present to myself in October so yeah absolutely um, absolutely so so there's all these benefits to having um positive impacts I, I know from again from the research Richard had done um he talked about you actually live longer that's not a bad yeah. benefit yeah. um people will like you more uh we actually did a funny test where he actually changed his dating profile to you know, talk about him being sort of a, a good citizen against uh, the other, nothing else changed. And yeah, he definitely proved to be more attractive the more he was seen as doing good stuff. And you also have more money. You also can be a role model for other people. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we live in a world where people are a little bit martyr-ish. And mm. if you are filling your cup up so that you show up the most authentic and you, you, um, you're going to be more attractive to other people and you're going to maybe even inspire someone else. Oh my gosh, I haven't thought about going to an art class or I haven't thought about doing that because I'm so focused on my responsibilities, mm. you know? 
Um, and I think these days we all need to be filled up. So it'd be great for you to have your highest energy illuminated yeah. by whatever you're doing. And it doesn't have to mean basically after this little art event that I went to, I bought myself some watercolors and some paper. And so at night when it's gotten dark here in my state, and I'm sure it's dark everywhere and lots of places around the world as it's, you know, getting to be the winter, um, pulling out my little, um, my little watercolors and paper. I'm not great, but it feels so wonderful just to be making art, you know, good, bad, or just fun. You know, I feel like a kid again. So I think, yeah. and I think that lights you up and then that's what you then bring out into the world as you are spreading your own enthusiasm or whatever. That right. is. Brilliant. Love it. Love it. Love it. Let's Linda sort of drill down into kindness, if we may, um, and talk specifically about kindness. I know you've done a lot of research. Um, you've written a couple of books on the topic. So tell us why kindness is just so important. Wow. Okay. So I feel like kindness came to me. It, it was not something I was looking for. Um, I I had an epiphany after my father died. I was in my you know mid thirties, and I decided I wanted to do a thousand mitzvahs, which in Judaism is an act of kindness. It's also good deed. There are also commandments. But I decided I wanted to take on this project to do a thousand of these actions in his memory. And mm -hmm. I will say, you know, I never set out to do anything that was bigger than anything any of us can do. You know, it was letting someone in in traffic. It was acknowledging someone, putting your phone down and really connecting with people, maybe bringing someone flowers, maybe doing, you know, um, a, a volunteer work. But it was little simple things. And when this started, I was a full-time stay-at-home mom. So my mm -hmm. first book, and it's so funny, my book came out in 2000 and nine and I haven't read through my first book until this past weekend and I or two weeks ago I like pulled it out again I was going to be gifting it at a, at a speech I was giving and I said you know what I'm going to read through it again and it was almost like time warp going back to rereading this when my kids were little they're now in their 20s and just saying oh my gosh I forgot about that story oh my gosh so the idea of Finding ways that you can be in service, they don't have to be big, they may not be life transforming, and especially these days where there's so much going on in the world, mm. it's almost just like, look at your little corner, look at your little neighborhood, what can you do right here, and that might just be smiling at your neighbor, that might just be engaging with someone or visiting someone who's elderly and lives by themselves, you know, it doesn't have to be a lot, but these simple mm. actions for me, when I took on this project to honor my father to do a thousand of these little acts, it changed my life. It changed my life. It changed the way I walked through my life and looked around. And I know that that is important for people right now because we have a lot going on in the world that can feel really overwhelming and dark and what can I possibly do? And you can do a lot. I mean, you just complimented me as we got on this call. And I know you're, you're, our audience can't see. I'm wearing a bright yellow shirt, bumblebee color, new shirt. I've had it for a few months. But every time I get on a Zoom call and I'm wearing this shirt, I get a compliment. So I feel like a compliment. And I actually teach my audiences, mm -hmm. um, you know, to try and be authentic, but give somebody a compliment. Try that. Practice that. Because that's such an easy way we could do it. And when somebody gives you a compliment, say thank you and receive it. Don't say, oh, this old thing or oh, whatever, you know. So mm -hmm. I try to teach ways that we can be present with other people and really, like, connect with other people in a deep and meaningful way. Um, so, so yeah, I, yeah, that's my, that's my little answer. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. And I think, you know, one of the things I find, and I think it makes such a big difference is 
being kind to people who are serving you. Um, you know, whether it's in the coffee shop, whether that's um, the air hostess on the airplane or whoever it happens to be. I mean, these are people in today's world working under high stress environments where the average customer is not nice to them, you know. There's, and so when you do actually make the effort to, to say a kind word to them, to compliment them, um, to show some empathy for their situation, they they light up. Um, 100%. 100%. If you're having a bad day, go do a little act of kindness for someone else. Go give somebody a compliment. I actually just got back from um, Pittsburgh. I was speaking in Pittsburgh last week. And um, I rode in a bunch of Ubers or Lyfts because I was needing to get around the city mm. for reasons. And I just felt like every single driver I had was like this incredible connection. Just incredible connect for whatever reason. I mean, I wasn't in the cars with them for more than 15 or so minutes, but every single person, it just felt like this it, divine connection. And so I feel like that is absolutely what you're saying is true is just be in community with each other. You know, whether that's the person at the coffee shop or the, the stewardess, as you're saying, or anybody. Um, and I feel like that gives you so much energy. I mean, I think part of my own DNA is just I love connecting with people and I get energy from doing that. Now, I'm also married to someone who is more of an introvert. And I think that that is not exactly what his, you know, biology does. And so mm. but, but with the people he wants to connect with, and if certainly he talked to somebody about astrology or some of the subjects he's interested in, you know, space or uh, rocketry, I'm sure he would have that exact same thing. But you won't ever know if you don't start the conversation. So I, I guess for me, it's just... um we're human beings, we're having a human experience, but we have so much opportunity to connect with others. And right now, I think people are really desperate for that. I think people are really missing. I feel like that's kind of why my trip in Pittsburgh felt like I was connecting with every single person. Um, yeah, I think so. And, and, you know, it's interesting with technology because in some way, you know, technology is taking us further away from humans, you know, like in the grocery store. Um, you know, they're trying to push you through self-checkout. Um, when you phone up any company, you're going to get a robot these days and you struggle to actually connect to a human. It's a, it's a job. I think even South Korea, if I remember correctly, have set it as a government policy to remove humans from human interactions. Um, and, you know, and I understand the, the beauty of that in a theoretical sense that frees us up to, to be our higher selves, to, to realize ourselves. But it also puts the onus on us to be much more proactive in going out and making human connections and not just staying trapped with our digital devices. I mean, this is great. We're able to talk, you know, halfway around the world and connect. And, and you can do random acts of kindness. Um, by complimenting Linda's shirt on Zoom as well. Right. But I think it, it, it works. But the energy exchange, you have to work at it, but it's so much easier face-to-face -face than in person, for sure. For good and bad. For good and right, bad. Right, right, for good and bad. I actually had just the most amazing uh, – I was in Pittsburgh last week, and uh, and I was um, getting some food at a, at a counter uh, at a restaurant, and two gentlemen sat next to me, and – they obviously were businessmen. They had been there before. And I said, hey, what do you recommend? I ordered my food. They ordered their food. And at the end, they picked up my bill. 
you know, just were like, oh, we're going to take care of that for you. And I was, I was flabbergasted because mm. hey, I haven't had my bill picked up in a long time. We were in COVID for a long time. So I wasn't eating out more. And the other thing is they didn't know what I talked about, why I was in town to talk about my topic with an audience. And it just felt so perfect. So I was like, why I'm here to you know, it's just this exciting bubble of joy. And we exchanged information. Of course, I've linked into him. But I just felt like, you know, it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a lot to connect with another human being and make somebody's day and smile at them, have a conversation. And I feel like people are desperate for that right now. Yeah. So, um, you know, so if that's what makes you feel comfortable and lights you up, try to be that light. Try to bring that joy to other people, you know. Um I like it. Don't just sit there waiting and complaining that oh, yeah. um, the world's a dark place. Go out and shine your little light, as, as the song Absolutely. says. Absolutely. Shining my light well, all the time. Yeah. My, my little light shine. We could burst into a song almost that would save the, the listeners from that tragedy. <laughs> um, all right. So that's a great segue into asking you, you know, as you know, you know, on our show and in the Year of Joy, we're, we're all about activation. We're all about giving people advice and tips on how they can implement right so we've got people hooked now they want to be more kind they want to have a more positive impact on people what are the top ways you think they can go about doing that today tomorrow yeah i would say the first is to try to smile just try to smile at people i mean you know a smile is received so differently than a, a scowl or a grimace. So right. if you can smile, you know, and there could be lots of things that make you smile. I mean, I, I remember, I mean, just the littlest thing, you know, I picked up, a, I was trying to call a hairdresser in um, Pittsburgh because I was trying to make an appointment to get my hair done before I went on my um, speaking engagement. And they were laughing when I called. And I said, oh, my gosh, what are you laughing about? You know, just try to engage with them. I know I was smiling because I heard their laughter. So when yeah. we... You know, when we um, smile, it's contagious. And I think that that's the first thing I would say. The second thing is um, be curious about other people. I think curiosity mm. is a wonderful way to learn about people. I ended up talking the entire way from Pittsburgh to Atlanta with my seatmate um, coming back home because he was fascinating. And he English was not his original language. He originally came from Mexico City. I've never been there. I was talking to him we just had the most amazing we, we talked the entire hour which you know I sometimes you feel bad and, and I know my husband would be like I would never talk to someone an entire hour on the plane but you know clearly we were having a nice engaged conversation and uh and, and it just kept rolling it's like you can be so intimate with somebody on a on a plane that you may never mm. see and although we exchange information because I do hope that I'll have a relationship with him at some point to talk about business or work or kindness um but so being curious um being curious and I'm I think that that's one way we can learn about each other. And I know for me, I'm Jewish. And I think it's always wonderful when people are curious about Judaism. And I can be an ambassador mm -hmm. to share about that. So I think it's reciprocal. And I love being able to talk about that. I have a lot of peers and colleagues who have often treated me as someone they could ask questions to. Um, so being curious can go both ways. And then finally, I would just say connecting, you know, connecting with people, mm -hmm. um, and and then maybe that goes in with curiosity is how can I connect with another person? And, you know, whether that's someone who's at the airport or somebody you're meeting in a conference or you're meeting in the bathroom. I mean, I've just had conversations connecting with people everywhere, but that's me. I know that's my superpower. 
And I know that's not everybody's superpower, but, you know, maybe I get to be a little bit of a glue that helps share that. And I know you know people, I'm sure, through the Year of Joy who also have that superpower of of curiosity and how do we connect with each other. So I think those would be my tips. Um, And part of that is definitely putting our phones away. You know, I think when we have our phones out, it's like we've put a barrier up. I don't want to connect with anybody. Mm. I'm not curious about you. I'm doing whatever I need to do. And I feel that myself when I'm on my phone somewhere public. Um, so I like, and we double down with our headphones as well now. Right? Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. 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 Well, actually after I had that call with that whole guy on the whole hour flight on my next flight, I was a little more introvert because I was like, <laughs> okay, I've got now a five hour flight home and I don't know that I want to engage the entire flight with my seat. There you go. We had smaller covers, but it was also later in the evening and, you know, whatever. I think we were all a little tired. Yeah, and I think that's a good point, Linda. You don't have to do this all the time. We talked at the beginning before we pressed the record button about awe and about these micro moments of joy. And I think it's also the same. You know, people could listen to to you and think, well, I'm not that much of an extrovert. I'd struggle to be Linda. And that's fine. That's fine. You know, do within your comfort zone. You know, if you haven't talked to anybody, anything nice today. Make one nice comment, you know, and start from there and, and don't try and beat yourself down for and I not say being you. Don't have to be, yeah, you don't have to be the communicator. I often invite my audiences, if you are a sewer or a baker or a something else, you know, you can also connect with people in that capacity. It doesn't have to be that you're an extrovert. I mean, I'm a huge mm. extrovert. Not everybody is. I understand that. But maybe there's a quiet, subtler way you can connect with people because that's your superpower. And I would just encourage you to 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 lean into that and never diminish whatever your superpower is. That can be your gift that you share with other people. Yeah. And I think the connection, I, I like that one. The, you know, I think we can think about even if we don't go too much to talk to kindness to strangers, you know, we can think within our more closer circles that. You know, are there people within our extended family, for example, who we haven't spoken to for a while or we haven't sent a a postcard or, you know, just we can do these little things, these little acts also within our own community, within our own neighbours. You know, have you spoken to your neighbour for a while? If you ask how they're doing, right? You don't need to go talk to the neighbour on the bus if you don't want to. Totally. Oh, my gosh. I met neighbors over the years when I rode the bus downtown um, in some of my working years downtown. Yeah. And, you know, there's no reason you can't have small connections. If you share space, if you live in an apartment building, I mean, hopefully you've made some connections with some people who live in your building or some people who live on your street. Um, It's certainly for me, it makes life more joyful. I don't know if that's the case for everybody, but I I have a feeling we all are desperate for connection. And I do think it makes, you know, it makes you have that if you are willing to be a little vulnerable and connect with people in some way. Mm. For me, it makes my life so, so joyful. Just I don't know what the day is going to bring, but I suspect there's going to be something that's going to have me connect with another human being. And personally, I love that, you know. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Linda, for sharing these wonderful tips. They're, they're really useful and things that people can take into their lives starting today. No need to wait for tomorrow on any of those. And just to ask you one final question before we wrap up, a question we always ask our guests, what brings you joy, Linda? All right. Well, we talked about it before we hit record. Art is my new joy filler. I'm doing all sorts of watercolor and mosaics and other things Mm. that I am just loving. Bubbles bring me incredible joy. Anything that makes me laugh. 
I love comedy and I love to laugh. So if I can have a really, and I'm pretty easy to laugh. So I love having that happen and watching something that just makes me have such a belly laugh. So I would say that that is um, what brings me joy and what I look to put in my life to, to feed that. Excellent. I love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Linda. And it's been a pleasure as always talking with you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, great. Great to see you again, Andrew. And I hope you, our listeners, enjoyed this podcast episode as much as I have. And I hope you feel inspired by Linda to go out and show a little more kindness, have a little more positive impact on people today and tomorrow than you did yesterday. If you're not already a member of the Year of Joy community, please check out our website and join. It's free. Also, it's free. Um, and also, there's no commitment. So come check it out. If you like it, come and stay. Be a member of the community. If not, go and have some more joy somewhere else. That is totally fine, too. Thanks once again for listening. And I hope you tune in for the next episode of the Art and Science of Joy podcast. Until then, stay well, stay joyful, and being kind to others.